We're back. It's Fearless Frustrations. I'm Danny Avok, and it's not Noah Nettis alongside me. It's Faith Gold. Faith, first time on the show. How you doing today? Well, Danny, I'm super stoked to be here today to talk about some sports uh, here on Fearless Frustrations. Let's go right into it with some of our headlines. And, oh my goodness, Damian Lillard is a man beyond belief scoring a three to cap off a 50-point night with an incredible shot that sank the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, yeah Danny, talk about a really clutch play there at the end of the game. Um, it, like you said, just a really incredible shot, a uh, way to just end that game on a high note. Um, talk about some serious talent on his part there, just uh, pulling it together for his team. Damian Lillard has there has been a discussion of whether he is better than Russell Westbrook and this might have been a statement game for him as he salted away the Oklahoma City Thunder a team that has always had potential in recent years but they they didn't seem to bring it in this series and that's why Portland is moving on and Oklahoma City is going home moving on from the basketball court later that night another incredible game took place the San Jose Sharks were taking on the Vegas Golden Knights and it seemed as if Vegas was well on their way to another series victory over the San Jose Sharks they led 3-0 into the third period but then Joe Pavelski the San Jose Sharks captain was injured by a cross check by Cody Eakin and keep in mind Joe Pavelski is one is the team captain so he is the emotional leader of the team and when Cody Eakin took that penalty Pavelski was down on the ice Joe Pavelski was down on the ice for a good five minutes because of the injury and as a result the Golden Knights were assessed a five minute major penalty Eakin was ejected from the game and they gave the Sharks a five-minute power play to score as many times as they wanted to and boy did they change the narrative they scored four goals in four minutes to take the lead on the Vegas Golden Knights and then the Vegas, the Golden Knights did end up tying the game in the final minute of regulation but then Barkley Goodrell finished off the Golden Knights in overtime but the main key headline of this game was how the Sharks were so resilient after their captain Joe Pavelski was injured yeah, I mean, I think the main uh, highlight in this game is just how they were able to take advantage of that power play. Um, four goals in four minutes is just incredible. Um, you know, that penalty really changed the game around for them. So, um, yeah, that really just proves to their practice on taking advantage of having that extra man um, on the, the ice rink. And now the San Jose Sharks are taking on the Colorado Avalanche later on in the postseason It'll be fun to watch the playoffs carry itself out with all four division champions in the NHL playoffs being eliminated in the first round. That is something that has never happened in NHL history. And it's a surprise when you have teams that are in the top echelon of their divisions and all of them, Faith, are out in the first round. Yeah, I mean, what a surprise. Um, really didn't see that one coming. Yeah, not, a, not something that any of us would be expecting at all. Noah and I went into depth about the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they were ousted in, in a sweep against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But that was last week, and we got more frustrations this week. And there were two great NFL stars that retired this week, two tailbacks. 
One, Chris Johnson. He had his 2,000-yard rushing season with the Tennessee Titans in 2009. But after, outside of his 2009 campaign, he didn't really do much, but still a great career nonetheless. Yeah, and then also another huge um, headline is uh, Marshawn Lynch's retirement. You know, we all saw that one coming. He had an amazing career um, on the Seahawks where he got his Super Bowl ring, which was really incredible. And then ending off his season with the Oakland Raiders, um, you know, going back to that home team there, um, just finishing out strong. There's no doubt that uh, Marshawn Lynch was uh, just incredible force um, on his team. And if you're looking for someone who can carry that load and really anchor an offense, Marshawn Lynch is the guy. He was able to, as you said, Fave, carry the Seahawks to two Super Bowl appearances, winning one of them. And we all, who can, how can you not forget the great run he had against the New Orleans Saints to pull off that upset against the defending Super Bowl champions? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, watching that replay of Marshawn Lynch's run there is just incredible. He breaks nine tackles um, all the way to make a touchdown um, on that run. And, I mean, not just breaking the tackles, but, I mean, completely just demolishing some of those guys in front of him. I mean, he completely threw one guy to the ground on his run and just kept going. Tracy Porter, the man who had the game-winning pick six for the Saints in the Super Bowl, not quite a hero in this postseason campaign f for the Saints as he was absolutely, he lost his man card right there as Tracy Porter was simply, as you said, demolished from the play and the Seahawks became the first team with a losing record to not only win their division but win a playoff game. And it'll be sad to see Marshawn Lynch now gone from the NFL scene because he was such a character. Yeah, you know, I think uh, Lynch definitely brought um, a lot to the NFL, just uh, more than his, his play on the field, but also just his personality um, and the way he interacted with the media and stuff was, uh, I really enjoyed watching his game, so he will definitely be missed. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. You got any questions for me? I have the same answer each and every time. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Oh, man, we're going to miss Marshawn Lynch in the Pacific Northwest and all across the, the entire sports world. Now let's get into some frustrations, Faith. You ready for this? Let's go right into it. First, I got one with the Frank Clark trade. And sure, great trade. I think it was even for both these two sides. But the Kansas City Chiefs, Come on. You welcome a guy into your defense. You had the worst defense in the National Football League. And what do you do once you get this new guy? You hand him, literally hand him, $105 million for a player that you haven't even had on your scheme at all. You just welcome him in as if he's the next best thing. Really? He has... You give him essentially the entire kitchen sink after... Having picked him up in a trade, you haven't seen how he fits into the Kansas City defensive alignment. Nothing at all. And you give him so much money. This just doesn't make sense, Faith. You know, I think the Chiefs in general um, lately in these last few years have been, been taking a lot of risks. And I think the flank 
the Frank Clark trade is just another example of them um, taking some big risks in, in uh, how they're formulating this team this year. Um, you know, for Seattle, uh, I'm not sure how that's going to affect their dynamic, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in this season. The Seahawks will have more draft picks in order to decide who they want to have in a replacement for Frank Clark. And it's a new defense, certainly. It's not the Legion of Boom of yesteryear because all four members are finally gone. Earl Thomas was the last one to go to the Baltimore Ravens. And then we had Richard Sherman going to the San Francisco 49ers. Brandon Browner went to the New England Patriots. And it's just a shame that such a, a great defensive juggernaut has seemingly evaporated and also with cam chancellor essentially retiring it's sad to see this this dominant force meet its demise faith yeah you know seattle's team is definitely changing with those characters gone as you mentioned um but you know there's still some key players on their team um you know, Russell Wilson, again, has uh, been a very consistent quarterback for the team, and I think that consistency carrying through, um, working with the Legion of Boom and now continuing on the team, um, he's just a great leader. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for them to switch it up a little bit. I think it's, uh, it's good for Seattle to have a change, and they're still uh, playing pretty strong. Let's continue with more frustrations. Let's stay in the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle Mariners. Ugh. They let me down, and then they lift me up, only to let me down again. And they were coming into a home, a home stand, a six-game home stand. They had a 13-2 and record, and that's not too shabby at all, Faith. But then they begin this home streak. They're playing the Houston Astros, who have been a team that's all, that have always been consistent. And this seemed to be maybe the turn of the tide where Seattle tends to have the upper hand over Houston as far as their outlook is concerned but boy Houston answered with a resounding no they swept the Mariners and then the next series they played against the Cleveland Indians they got swept in that one too and this was a team that was 13 and 2 faith I just don't understand what's going on they they seem to be winning a lot and then they let me down in this home scene. I just don't get it. Yeah, you know, I have a really hard time following the Mariners. You know, they get you on these highs. They start doing really great. And then they just completely fall apart. And it's it's really hard to know uh, what's causing that thing. But there's definitely some people that need to start making some changes for that team and just get some consistency on their gameplay. And boy, could they use that. They're either scoring a ton of runs or they aren't even scoring anything similar to getting shut out in the last few weeks, which they have done quite often. Now let's move on to one of your frustrations, Faith. And we know this is your first show. So tell us what is one of your main pieces of beef? You know, one thing that just has really caught my attention lately is there is a huge um, fan base for this rookie quarterback on the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Now, there is no doubt that he has some major talent, um, but... One thing that bothers me is I think that he's just getting way too much ego and pride um, coming in as a rookie. Um, you know, he doesn't have the experience as some of these other quarterbacks, you know, Tom Brady and things like that. So for him to be walking into this um, season and last season with so much confidence is really just a red flag for me. And well, first of all, t when I look at Patrick Mahomes and how he quickly rose to the occasion once he got his chance, and it's not something that we see every day. 
you don't see quarterbacks who, once they're plugged in, they're playing at a top-notch level that no one can even touch. And that's what Patrick Mahomes has done. To me, what I see in him, he's going to have a decline. Why? Because we've seen this before in similar quarterbacks. Kerr Warner, the quarterback for the St. Louis Rams that is in the Hall of Fame now, his best season arguably was his first year of playing in the NFL where he led the St. Louis Rams to a Super Bowl with a 13-3 and record. And it shows that he reached his peak and he declined ever so slightly ever since then. I think it's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. He might... I might even go out and say that the Chiefs might even miss the playoffs next year. Yeah, and, you know, he's got some huge expectations going into this next season. With last year, him leading the AFC, taking the AFC championship, and then uh, putting up a good game in the Super Bowl, you know, for his rookie year, I think the pressure is just going to be insane for him to have a similar performance this season. So that might be really tough for him to match that level of play he did last year. And he has a tough act to follow so and keep in mind this AFC West division is a force to be reckoned with with all the all the teams around Kansas City getting a lot better over the offseason yeah and specifically the Chiefs division is something that needs to be pointed out I would argue that they have one of the toughest divisions um, in the league they've got the Denver Broncos which um, they're struggling a little bit with the quarterback, but they have Joe Flacco now coming on the team. He's so, been there before. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, also the Chargers. So I think their their division has it's been a tough competition in the last few years. So it's no easy. It's, gonna, it's not going to be an easy season for the Chiefs to take that um, division. Oakland also has the acquisition of Antonio Brown. Well, who knows what to, to expect from John Gruden and, and Antonio Brown together. I just can't imagine them together. Well, we'll see what happens. This, that's probably going to be a fun team to watch. But I liked your point about the Denver Broncos. And I've said in past shows from different, different, different brands that I could see Denver going in deep in the postseason. And it's because they have a veteran leader in Joe Flacco. He's won a Super Bowl before with the Baltimore Ravens. And now he's with Denver. And he has, just like he did with Baltimore, a strong defense. And that's going to help him help him and his team out immensely. And that's why I think they're going to go deep in come January and February. Yeah, and we also have to mention um, the legend Von Miller on um, Denver's team. Just uh, what an incredible defense, and uh, he's been such a leader for that team. And then combined with Joe Flacco on the offense, um, leading the team, just a you know, very consistent veteran player. I think Denver um, is going to be really strong going into this next season. I see them going far, and Faith does as well. Now let's head into one more frustration on my end of things, and it's the Eastern Conference of the NBA playoffs. Now let me explain this. All four of the playoff series lasted, I believe, only five games at the very most. What does that say? There is an obvious mismatch between the top-tier teams and the bottom teams that don't belong in the postseason. And there's four. And going into the playoffs, it seemed pretty obvious that these four teams were going to advance in the postseason, anyways. In Milwaukee and Toronto and Philadelphia and Boston, they seemed to be shoe-ins for the next round of the playoffs, and it showed because. It wasn't even competitive. And how are you supposed to be entertained if if the playoff matchups aren't even competitive, Faith? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, going into the playoff games, you know, the fans, they're looking for those close match games. These are supposed to be the best of the best teams. So to have these games, you know, uh, just kind of be such a disappointment, no excitement, I think it's uh, it really says something about the league in general and how the teams are, uh, how they're earning uh, their spot in the playoffs. Yeah, there's all, There seems to be an obvious weakness between the there's a there's a, a gap between the top tier teams and the teams that just aren't there and that's what the eastern conference of the playoffs is in in my eyes but hopefully it'll be a little bit more entertaining please maybe so we'll, we'll move on from there and let's let's head to our, our skillet where we have some hot and cold takes and i'm gonna start we're gonna stay in the nba and here's what i see golden state and houston are meeting in the western conference semifinals before they head to the conference finals and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics are meeting all on the Eastern Conference half of things. I'm I'm going to say this. I I believe that both the winners of those two series are going to move on into the NBA finals. Is that a sure thing? Is that a hot or cold take, Faith? You know, I'd say that's a hot take. You know, um I think you've really hit the nail on the head here. Uh it's it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's gonna. Both these two series are gonna be a, a, a joy to be watching. Two of the teams on each of their conferences at the very best: Golden State and Houston. Both teams that met in the Western Conference Finals last year. Milwaukee, a team that has turned heads this year with with Giannis Antetokounmpo playing out of his mind. But the Boston Celtics, they are a team that have been there before. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but came up short, and they're looking to change things. So. It's going to be fun down the stretch to see if these two teams are going to be at the end of the season playing for the NBA Finals, but we got a long way to go before that, that, that were to happen. But, Faith, I want to hear what is one of your hot or cold takes that you have? So talking about the NFL draft here, I'm looking at Kyler Murray, quarterback from Oklahoma, um, and and his season with the Cardinals. You know, I think Kyler Murray is uh, gonna do a great job as an incoming rookie quarterback. Um, I think uh, with the coaching staff, Cliff Kingsbury on the Cardinals, um, I think they'll be able to do a lot of work with him. Um, He's, you know, winner of the 2018 Heisman Award. Uh, no doubt a lot of talent coming into that team. So I think the Cardinals are going to really um, benefit from, from his talent on the team and, you know, maybe even be kind of the next uh, Patrick Mahomes rookie star for the Cardinals team. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach for Texas Tech before he went to the Arizona Cardinals and the quarterback that he coached that went to prominence, Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyler Murray thrive, but then again, you still need to have pieces around him. And to, Right now at this moment, I don't know if Arizona can have a base around him to play well, but if he somehow, if the Cardinals are able to get their work together, they might be a team to be reckoned with in the NFC West. So I'm going to say that's a hot take, but no one that might not necessarily agree, but... This is my show right now, so we're, this is the way we're going to run things. Now let's head to the final segment of our show, and it's who blew it. So, Faith, tell me who blew it. Blew it. 
Well, Danny, the Toronto Maple Leafs and their game against the Boston Brewers. I mean, these teams have a history together of, you know, um, Toronto leading the game and then Boston coming back for that comeback in the last second. So, you know, this game, uh, this game was a big deal. There was a lot of pressure going into it. And, you know, one thing that I really have to point out is this Justin Bieber curse. Um, Justin Bieber, <laughs> a huge fan of of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, his uh, home home country team. So um, it, you know, it might sound like a myth, but there really is some stats to uh, how he's affected other sports teams in the past um, when he's in town, when he supports a team, and then just a horrible upset on his supporting team. So, I mean, I think it's really ironic um, that he goes to this game and then Toronto just gets completely defeated, you know, with a loss one to five on that game. And keep keep in mind, this was a Maple Leafs team that prepared the entire season to beat the Boston Bruins. All season, they were saying, we're finally going to beat the Bruins. And then late in the season, it seemed as if it was going to be true. Toronto was taking on Boston. This is our chance. We can finally beat those big, bad Bruins. And then they make it all the way to Game 7. And you look up in the stands and Justin Bieber is there. Uh-oh, this is not good. Such a disappointment for the team. And it's not just Justin Bieber's curse on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Faith, but it's also with other teams, too. Yeah, you know, he's uh, allegedly had effects on uh, teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, his association with the team just seems to be a bad luck charm time and time again. And then it also flashed on other marquee athletes, Odell Beckham Jr., and how he he's great talent, great talent. No doubt about it. But when he hangs out with Justin Bieber, you wonder why he's been on an up-and-down curve. Responsibility should probably go to Bieber, shouldn't it, Faith? Yeah, you know, I, I think his effects on some of these key athletes, you know, there's no doubt they all have a ton of talent. And then it seems like as soon as Bieber comes and gets involved in the game, it's like he just gets in their heads and, you know, their game falls apart. So the Justin Bieber curse is real. That's why... He's not coming to any of our tennis matches. We play for Central Tennis, that's why. <laughs> yeah, Justin Bieber will not be a welcome guest for our sports match. Exactly, so that's the case. Now, on my end of things, who really blew it? To me, we, went, we, we began the show talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, and first of all, I'm a big fan of Cody Eakin. I loved what he did with the Dallas Stars. And then he went to Vegas, and and I was a big fan of him because I'm I love the Dallas Stars personally. But come on, Cody Eakin, you're in Game Seven of a playoff game, and then you decide to have a questionable check on the one player that you do not want to check in Joe Pavelski. If you checked some no-name player on the San Jose Sharks. Sure, that's fine, but you you cross-checked the team captain, and when a team captain gets injured, the uh, the opposition team, they they come together and play so much better, and that's the reason why Vegas is out right now, and it's because of that passion that the San Jose Sharks have for their captain in Joe Pavelski. Yeah, you know, I think that was a really bold move on their part. Um, and I, I don't think it's uh, working out too great for them after uh, taking such a hit at the other team. 
and there's a reason why they are done and speaking of being done that is all the time that we will have in this week's episode of fearless frustrations once again thanks for faith gold for taking the place of noah net for this week coming up next week we will have more frustrations in sports and we'll have more discussion points where we will get heated so once again this is danny buck saying so long on another episode of fearless frustrations powered by 88 won the berg your frustration central